Hello, and welcome to episode 188 of the End Focus podcast. I am your irregular host, Andrew Brown, and I am joined by our regular co-host, Tori Wassenaar. Hello, Tori. Hello, Andrew. And a special guest in this episode, we are joined by Rosalie, the little record girl. So hello, Rosalie. How are you today? Hello. I'm good. Good all the way from Scotland. It's actually sunny here for once, and I'm indoors. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that was possible. No, no, and the, you know, because of the whole global warming thing in the summer now, it's absolutely like scorching, as we would say. Uh, um, and I think everybody's just migrated the center of town, and I'm indoors in a big hoodie, fleecy thing because <laughs> it's just ingrained in me as a Scotch person. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to tell us about yourself, Rosalie, so our audience has an idea of who you are? Yeah, instead of the evidently being Scotch thing, um, I am. Um, a freelance games journalist, uh, vocalist, composer, and voice actor for games and media and things. Um, and I have a little following online. If you search Little Record Girl on Google, you'll probably just get all the stuff that I've done. And I'm just a general huge, massive nerd. <laughs> Mainly for Nintendo things, so I'm, I imagine I'm in very good company today. We do our best. <laughs> I've never heard of Nintendo, sorry. <laughs> Tori just showed up one day, and we haven't been able to get rid of her. So we're just like, whatever. You don't know how to remove me from the Skype call. It's just how it is. We tried, but you just, you keep showing up again. It's like, you're, are you a virus? You're a computer virus, aren't you? (laughs) The machines have gained sentience. (laughs) Well, but no conscience. Well, if you had to travel around the world, what would you bring with you on the trip? My cat. (laughs) It's an interesting choice. I hope your cat travels well. I'm just saying my cat, because he's, li- he's literally climbed onto my desk and made himself home. So I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? Um, no, um, I, oh, I usually, I'd have to have bring a gadget because I'm really boring like that. And I, you know, I'm not going to say the switch because that's really, really obvious and really unoriginal. <laughs> um, I know, I know, I know something really weird. My Japanese R2-D2 Tamagotchi. There you go. Nice. Oh, I think I've seen that recently. Yeah, they re-released one, but I've got the Gigapet, which was like a 90s... It's technically not Tamagotchi, it's like another brand. I think it's Tiger Electronics version. But I have the 90s RTD2 one and the Little Mermaid one. And they're they're quite cool little things because of all the games and things in them and the little animations are really cute. Yeah, Tamagotchi's are making a comeback. I've been so tempted multiple times to get one, but it's like... I have so many other <laughs> digital things that I <laughs> demand my attention all the time. It's like, I don't want to, I don't need to add another layer of, onto get, my life. Get the, um, they redid the Digimon ones as well, and I really wanted them as a kid, but I couldn't afford them. And I'm like, hmm, oh. do I want to start a Digimon collection in my 30s? Hmm, who knows? When else would you do it? Exactly. <laughs> I'm a bad influence. Don't listen to me. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't actually like traveling that much, but <laughs> hmm. I, I want to be boring and just save my Switch. I've got hundreds of games on it, so... My answer was Switch 2, so this question was a disaster. Moving on. <laughs> Updates from previous episodes. So Tori has been playing Life is Strange True Colors, and she has finished it. So Tori, give us your final thoughts. I think last episode I didn't really get into too much detail about how this is actually a sort of, I guess you'd call it a murder mystery, a mystery at least. Hmm. Um, It had quite a satisfying ending that I didn't quite see coming when it happened. No no spoilers, no spoilers. No spoilers. (laughs) I, I made very sure last episode to avoid spoilers. I'm curious to see if you're listening and you've played it and... You've all also surprised. Please let me know. Um, I'm just really bad at seeing certain things come in stories. When it happened, it was just like a, hang on, that can't be right. <laughs> I finished two chapters for last episode, and I finished the last three. So there's five total. The third chapter has a live-action roleplay or LARP sort of scenario in the town and it turns into a very Square Enix thing by the end of it because this is published by Square Enix but I wouldn't say developed by 
you get very wrapped into the imagination of it. Let's leave it at that. It's very well done. <laughs> and I will say, I think it's the fourth chapter. There's a, a spring festival. I think there's things in here that you might miss that I, I just kind of found by accident, but are quite significant. So without going into too much detail, you can leave the spring festival and explore town while it's on. So keep that in mind. Because I saw by the, the numbers, because it gives you stats on how many people did certain choices through the game. It looked like a lot of people missed these things. So I just want to give people a heads up that there is some stuff uh, outside of that. But uh, overall thoughts, fantastic. Um, a little short. It was much shorter than I thought it was going to be. Going back and looking at the old Life is Strange games as well, like the facial animations and everything aren't quite... They're not the best. Uh, they serve the purpose well enough. But I think for this game, they really ramped it up to kind of play with that empathy uh, theme. And it works really well to the point where I completely forgot what the old games looked like. <laughs> um, really high fidelity facial animations. Uh, and voice acting as well. It was really good. Um, it's one of those games where you finish it and you, you kind of feel like a, now what? What do I do? <laughs> uh, it really does a good job of making you feel like you're a part of the, the town, Haven Springs. So there was a bit of an empty void when it was all over. But yeah, highly recommend it. Check it out. Um, when it's on sale, I think the usual price is a, a little high uh, I know that there's a DLC for it as well that I'm looking forward to playing one day as well yeah definitely check it out when it's at a, a decent price. Rosalie it sounded like you uh, had experience with this game or with Life and Strange in general have you have you played these? I've played the first one mm -hmm. um, and I have the prequel but I've not played it and then I've still not played the other one where you're the brother like a brother or something so i'm way behind but i was very into the first one when it came out i've like cosplayed from it and and uh nerded out with it i've got the same polaroid camera as max has wow <laughs> so i was like properly like uh, involved in the first one i just thought it was great so yeah I, I keep um those games are quite good at having good price cuts so i always have like my eye on them the ones that i haven't played yet this one is definitely one that I'm like, ooh. But I was always wondering how they kind of, in terms of like story, how they matched up to the first one, because I thought the story in the first one was really cool. Yeah, this one's definitely much more character-driven. Like, the first Life is Strange is mostly a story about Max and Chloe. Yeah. Um, This one's about the whole town, uh, kind of seen through your character's eyes. So there's a lot of like little stories involving the side characters, which are... I really liked. That's why it felt so much like a real town because of the the effort they put into the side characters. Now I want to play even more. <laughs> <laughs> My backlog is already so huge. I think it'll only take you like 10 hours all up. It's it's quite short. I like story stuff for that reason. Even though a lot of people don't like it, I like games like Heavy Rain and things because you can mm. kind of invest your time in it at that moment and then it's done and you're like, oh, cool. I... You don't have to, you know, it doesn't go over for like 60 to 80 hours. Oh, yeah. That's me playing Kingdom Hearts right now. Oh, which one? Which one? Which one? I'm just about to start Kingdom Hearts 2. <sighs> yeah, I, I'm also a big Kingdom Hearts nerd, so. <laughs> <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 2 is the good one. That's what I've heard. Yeah, I cried when the fourth announcement ha happened recently. <laughs> Yeah, I saw everyone freaking out about it on Twitter. I'm like, all right, I'll give it another shot. And this time it clicked. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, it's um, the first one definitely is a bit outdated when you go back to it now. Um, but oh, yeah. uh, the And even the start, I don't know if you know, but the start of the second one is a bit of a slog. Yeah. I used to have a save file on my PS2 that was just after the intro so that I didn't have to keep replaying it if I wanted to play it. <laughs> um because, uh, sorry, Roxas, I'm not a Roxas fan. He's just a bit annoying. Uh, but once you get into the, like, groove of it and you have all the extra moves and things, it's, like, really, really, really fun. Um, but I've played them all, so even though the Game Boy Advance one, I'm, like, I'm, I'm in too deep. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I, I just played the the remake of the uh, GBA one, and that one didn't quite hit for me. So I watched the cutscenes on YouTube. Yeah, that's fine, because we didn't... Um, in Europe, we didn't get that version originally. I think it was like a remake on the PS2 in Japan. I don't mm. know, back in the day, if it came out other places. But I quite liked it on the actual Game Boy Advance, because the sprite work was really, really cool for the time. And it was like... Ooh, cool deck builder, but Kingdom Hearts. Um, but yeah, I've not that I've not completed the remake on the HD collection of it. But I'm like, well, I've technically completed it because I had the Game Boy. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll count it. So you're okay if you give some of them a miss and watch the cutscenes. But I think one, two, and three and Dream Drop Dream Drop Distance is actually really, really good. And Birth by Sleep is actually probably the best one. Oh, yeah, that's in the collection. Ooh. So well, I, I think it's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we will have a comments. So you've got a lot to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. You have so many hours to look forward to. I'm jealous. I wish first. I could experience it for the first time again. I think it just hits because I was a Disney kid growing up. I hadn't watched every Disney movie, but um, seeing like Aladdin in there and Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> that yeah. I love that they have like the well. I think in most cases they got the actual voice actors. So it's like actually the Aladdin, and I'm like, oh my god! Oh. Uh, when I when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Disney and Final Fantasy. So when I discovered it existed, <laughs> I was like, what? 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 It's like it's made for me. Uh, so I kind of lost my mind, and still I love both those things. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to our latest Switch news. Yep. So Xenoblade Chronicles Three has uh, switched places with Splatoon Three in the release schedule. Uh, Xenoblade mm-hmm. Chronicles 3 is now coming out July 29th. Has this ruined anybody's year, or is this improved your situation going forward? I'm happy about this. Um, I've already played them all, because I've seen everyone on Twitter going, oh, now I have to play all of them by July instead of whenever, September. <laughs> so... Um, they're good games. Um, for the record, you don't need need to play X. I'd recommend it if you want to, because it is a good game. But story-wise, 1-2, that's it. And the little extra chapters like Torna and Future Connected. Hmm. Um, it's a lot of content, though. So if you start now, maybe. If you play at the pace <laughs> that I play JRPGs. <laughs> I was one of those people on Twitter saying, well, now I've got to finish Xenoblade Chronicles 2. <laughs> I finished the first one, luckily, so I don't I have too much homework to do, but I would like to finish the second one. And then I there's Torn of the Golden Country, which is like an entire game unto itself. It's not really a DLC. And I was the person on Twitter that was like, no, Splatoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm okay with waiting because it just means that if there's a fancy collector's edition, I can save up for it. So <laughs> so that's what you're more looking forward to is Splatoon 3. You're not a Xenoblade Chronicles fan. Yeah, I played the 3DS one and I mm. wasn't a fan of the voice acting. <laughs> not that it was, it wasn't bad. I just wasn't. I just have this kind of thing where I get a bit annoyed that a lot of JRPGs think that they have to hire a certain similar voice for every dub that they do. And I'm like, okay, it wasn't my thing. I do want to try and give it a go on the Switch versions, but it's a case of either finding them, like, um, and they're also, like, still quite expensive for their age. So that kind of puts me off. They're super expensive now, yeah. Like Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I see, is 60 or $70 now new, if you want the physical version, and the, the digital one sometimes yeah. goes on sale. Torna, the Golden Country, is like $90 now. It's like, oh my gosh, I missed out not getting this when it was new. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a physical gaming girl, so I was like, ooh. Um, but I'm a huge, I love Splatoon a lot, but I'm okay with waiting, because I'm hoping... I'm hoping also it means that the people making it aren't crunching and things. So I'm like, that's fine, I can wait. But I'm really excited at the same time. I feel like this is definitely triggered by the um, Breath of the Wild news. Oh, yeah. When's that been delayed till? Next year. Next year. But all we had was this year originally, so... I'm hoping that they still go like, hey, here's Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD in the meantime on one cartridge. And I'll be like, yeah. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hurry up. <laughs> we know it's coming. 
Uh, we've mentioned that a few times in the past, how Zelda is supposed to be an annualized series now. So if mm-hmm. Nintendo wants to stay true to that statement, they have to release something this year. So hopefully they've been sitting on one of those HD ports and we'll get yeah. one of them this year. But uh, something tells me Nintendo is not going to release them as a double pack. I don't think we're that lucky. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm just fingers. I'm like got my fingers crossed every time there's a Nintendo Direct. I'm like, please, please. I mean, I've got a Wii U and I've got, you know, the things to play the older ones, but I'm like, yeah. oh, just to have them both and they'll oh, be so good. <laughs> and my partner's never played Wind Waker and I'm like, oh, you need to play Wind Waker, but I really can't be bothered setting up the GameCube and slash or the Wii U. <laughs> so I'm like, you need to experience it. We are literally repeating a conversation we had a few episodes okay, ago. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, no. I it's, can bring it back to Splatoon, I swear. It's just, <laughs> it's just funny that we all have the same experience with it. We own these games on Wii U and on GameCube, and yeah. even Twilight Princess is out on Wii, too. <laughs> and we just can't be bothered to play them there. We want them no. on Switch. It's like with the... Um the N64 library on. I was like, oh, I wish I had these games. And then I look at my cupboard and I was like, you have an N64. You have these games. You could plug it in. I'm like, he, that involves effort. It's not happening. I actually don't have a TV anymore that my Nintendo 64 will plug into. So that's an obstacle. Uh, oh. Yeah. And all because all the retro gamers know that the older TVs are cool, they're all getting a bit more expensive these days, I've noticed as well. Mm-hmm. But anyway, back to Splatoon. Mm-hmm. In any high hopes <laughs> yeah. for Splatoon, they still haven't revealed much about this game past, you know, there's a new setting, but we're still doing the same stuff with the Turf Wars, and it's mostly just new multiplayer stuff they've showed. I'm really hoping for more customization that isn't just clothing. Hmm. Like, you know, not just skin tone and what the shape of your head looks like. I'm hoping maybe for a bit more variation on that, and I really hope the single player thing that they've hinted at is really good because the Octo expansion was absolutely amazing from Splatoon 2 so they can definitely make a very very good story mode again I'm just hoping that they do it yeah the Octo expansion just in terms of single player content was a huge improvement over the Splatoon 2 campaign and uh, yeah it it really revealed just so much more about this world as you're riding on this subway car going between different stations and you see all these kind of otherworldly creatures that are yeah, like cool. like sea creatures really great designs and i really hope they build on on those character designs for splatoon 3 and not just leave them floating down in that subway station yeah. <laughs> ignored i wonder i don't know if i can't remember from the images because if you complete octo expansion you get the d- different you get to be like the oct- more octopusy character, and I'm wondering yeah. if that's mm-hmm. actually going to be at the start of the next one. It is. I think they showed that okay. off when they first revealed it, but they showed the character okay. customization. I have a really bad memory, and also I was more interested in the salmon run again because that's the one thing <laughs> that I'm really, really good at. It's like the only <laughs> on- thing of any online game where I can get like the top rank, and I'm like, yes, bring it on. <laughs> Yeah, we, we've had questions if the Salmon Run is going to have the schedule again, because that's always been our, our biggest criticism. Is, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, hopefully that's not in Splatoon 3, but we'll find out. Was there ever ever actually any reasoning of why it was like that and closed at certain times? Was it like a server thing, or is it just they just implemented it that way? I think it was a, a player population thing. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, maybe. I, but you could play it co-op anytime you wanted you could play it with friends anytime you wanted so i don't know it it was just a bad plan as far as i'm concerned like Mm. if if you build it they will come if you have the (laughs) if you have the ability to play it anytime people will play it anytime whereas like since i could only play it at certain times and quite often i found those certain times where hey when i'm at work uh (laughs) i just oh no I just quit playing Salmon Run after a while, even though I really liked it. Oh. Anyway, uh, note here, Splatoon 2 Octo Expansion has been added to the Nintendo Switch Online expansion. Yep. So if if you have the premium online expansion for Nintendo Switch and you haven't played that yet, you now have that option. And as we said, it's, it's a brilliant single-player experience addition to Splatoon 2, and it lets you play as an Octoling after you finished it in the yep. online multiplayer. So totally worth your time. 
Some of the cooler boss fights in a Nintendo game, I think, as well. Yeah, just incredible designs in yeah. that. The um, secret boss, though. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, they're really difficult. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember, like, shaking my switch, being like, um, but it, it's worth it. Um, and oh, I just all the characterization. I think that's Splatoon's is so cool for that, especially in the second one. You're right, just all the little. The little like in jokes and it's just oh, I love it so much. I've got like a shelf behind me right now that's just covered in Splatoon merch. So <laughs> I have one of those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the cool people do. <laughs> uh, I'm actually really hoping they bring out new amiibos for it as well. So I'm like, oh. yeah, please, 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 because I'm they, sure the, they will. Yeah, the previous ones are probably fa- yeah the Splatoon amiibos are probably some of the my favorite amiibos that exist altogether. So. I'm excited. And releasing June 23rd, we have Sonic Origins, which is a remaster of the first three Sonic games, as well as Sonic CD. Does anybody have any strong attachments to these games? I mean, I think if you're going to play the Sonic games, these are the ones to play. Uh, they This was before the series got divisive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I've never really played sonic games before uh i've tried they don't click with me yeah even the, even the, any of the 3d ones i remember playing sonic adventure when i was a kid and liking that i'm um i'm a big again i'm a, i say i'm a big fan of everything but sadly yeah uh, i'm a big sonic fan but um <laughs> a lot of sonic fans get annoyed that my favorite is sonic adventure 2 because <laughs> it's like how dare your favorite oh. be a 3d one but it it's it's um it's very good and i keep wishing there'd be some sort of dreamcast collection for the switch because i think that would do really 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 well on the switch i'm up for a dreamcast collection because i want to play crazy taxi on switch yeah please (laughs) (laughs) um but no sonic um origins i'm not um i'm not going to get it on when it comes out because it's digital only and i don't Mm -hmm. fancy um if i can i always go physical and I don't fancy playing full price for a game that's also been cut up into weird... It's like, you get the standard edition, but you don't get all the DLC, and you have to pay even more to get And I'm like, mm, that's a bit... Well. Not not to... Not to I'd rather just play... If I'm going to pay a lot of money for something, I just kind of want at least a, most of it in there as possible. So I, well, I, can, I can wait <laughs> for a physical version. Well, the, there is the price. It's thirty nine ninety nine US for, you know, four... 16-bit games that's uh kind of excessive <laughs> yeah so that's maybe about 30 35 pounds for yeah. a year which isn't uh, i say it isn't too bad but i mean I'm, i have a lot of the mega drive collections of varying degrees on like every console <laughs> and then i've got the originals on the mega drive and things so i'm like do i want to buy them again <laughs> well it said it was remastered but i couldn't really notice any difference myself i think you can trailers. play as knuckles and tails in every game which you couldn't do before and they've made um the studio that animated the castlevania netflix series um if i'm not mistaken i've animated some cutscenes in between the original games so there's actually like a little story now that i'm really interested in but i don't think it's enough to make me be like oh i'm gonna buy this day one yeah i think if i'd want if, if you're gonna call something a, a remaster i'd want the actual gameplay to be remastered if anything yeah and i don't think that's I don't. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't think they've actually done. I think they've added a move that was in Sonic Media to the original ones, but then people were annoyed at that. Um, but I'm not that much of a Sonic fan that I can get into that nitty gritty. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> um, no, I think I can give it a miss. And we've also got the Mega Drive collection on the Switch, so it's like it doesn't have the same things, but it might eventually. Yeah, I think I mean, the Mega Drive collection has Sonic One and Two. And that's it. But there was a Mega Drive collection that came out on everything, including the Switch, wasn't there? That had it was quite well. You like you were in like a room in the nineties, yeah. And you and you could like pick your cartridge, and I think that had more Sonic stuff on it. I don't know. I'll I'll see what people say after it comes out. But I'm not I'm not even as a Sonic fan. I'm not like oh I'm gonna be there day one. It's more the uh, is it Sonic Frontiers? Yeah. I'm more interested in that because I still even I I still like the CD ones as well so I'm like open world Sonic yes yes so that's more catching my eye at the moment oh, it's good there's at least one of us that will be playing that because 
I, I have I've washed my hands of the Sonic 3D games at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's too uh, much of a gamble. It is, uh, but to be fair, like with like Forces, I got it because it was like free on Plus and things. So I I don't <laughs> usually buy them day one unless I'm really 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 like woo. Uh, but and I was a Mario kid growing up. I wasn't a Sonic kid. As I've gotten older, I'm like, no, Sonic Adventure 2 is amazing. Um, so I'm like, I'm still, I can't escape. <laughs> of the 3D ones, Sonic Adventure 2 is the one I've played the most and come the closest to actually completing it. But That Chire Garden is so addictive. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to get into that and that was where I fell off. I was like, oh... Like uh, this is too much grinding for me. <laughs> it's like if they if they had that on the Switch, it'd just be so perfect because it's just such a perfect thing to like just pick up your Switch and raise your chows for an hour and then do something else. It's like oh come on, Dreamcast collection perfect. I know there was some interconnectivity between the Chow Gardens between different Sonic games back in the the early two thousands yeah, so if... too. So like if that was all in one platform, that would, that be... would be cool. Yeah, like you could even just release the Chow Garden just as a separate app. Functions between every game. Surprised they haven't done that. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised they haven't just remastered it just as a separate thing. Even done it free to play and monetized it. But maybe they will. <laughs> or maybe I'm giving them really bad ideas. <laughs> you got to pay us producer's fee if you do this, Sega. That's the law. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they refuse to touch Jet Set Radio Future, so I have no faith in Sega making any good choices. Oh no, they they might be, but it's going to be a Fortnite thing. Oh. Yeah, so like I know this is not technically Switch, but Dreamcast is my favorite console. So uh, they've said that they've they're going to reboot it, but it's going to be like Fortnite and have probably have loot boxes and things. And I'm like, no. Mm. So that was Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio rumored. And I'm like, yay! Oh. Jet Set Radio is <laughs> the worst thing that you could do that to. The message of the game is very counter. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i wish they would just because there was a port um not that long ago and it played really well and i'm like yeah. for the game uh dreamcast one yeah yeah a dreamcast collection on the switch would be with like jet, jet set radio crazy taxi sonic adventure one and two and maybe oh if they ever did skies of arcadia yeah, yeah. Like, like, it's the gamecube version i'd be like yep the switch the best console ever but it's, just come on <laughs> I doubt Sega would do a collection for that. They they could easily sell all of those for twenty to thirty dollars individually, and yeah. they know that. So <laughs> I don't think That's we'll ever see a collection. They still don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that costs money. So, but attached to Sonic Origins was just this absolutely absurd chart showing all of the different ways you can buy this digital only game that only has four games in its compilation. I couldn't even begin to describe this thing. But, uh, the main point is you get the standard edition, you get the four games in it. And so all the other things you can get with it on this extended chart are just things like 100 bonus coins. They don't say what these bonus coins do. Presumably you buy things with them, like maybe concept art or song tracks. Who knows? <laughs> but there's also a mirror mode and something called a letterbox background. You get all these if you pre-order it, so basically that's part of the standard edition too. And then you can get the premium fun pack, which includes hard missions and more character animations on the main menu, and you can control the camera on the main menu. It's like, wow, exciting. I'm paying $5 to have a slightly more interactive menu. Let me sign up yeah. for that right away <laughs> on this already overpriced package. Just... This chart is just ridiculous because they're really not offering much extra, even though they're no. acting like there's this full spectrum of additional content you can get. And really what you get is mirror mode and hard mode if you buy the digital deluxe edition and some extra animations on the main menu. And they've got like five different tiers of the game you can buy. It's, just, it's ridiculous. And people, people will still buy it. Yeah, well... There's a certain kind of fan that you can make just about anything and they'll buy it. And I think Sonic fans are, are among the most abused in that regard, where they're being taken advantage of for their significant fandom. So, as long as we acknowledge that Nintendo fans are much better. <laughs> being one of those people. 
<laughs> Nintendo <Yes>. tax. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same game. That's actually a worse running version of the game, and it costs $10 more. I'll take that. <laughs> wow. All right, so moving on to what we played this mm-hmm. week. So, Rosalie, you've been playing Dicey Dungeons. Why don't you talk to us about that? Yeah, so Dicey Dungeons is an indie game developed by Terry Kavanaugh, who's got a very good indie rep of games behind his kind of back. And it's like a deck builder meets a roguelite, and you're like a person that gets turned into a little dice man. (laughs) It's really, really cute. That's horrifying. (laughs) The artwork, but the artwork's very good. It's um, kind of a bit reminiscent of Adventure Time in terms of like Hmm. how the characters look. There's like a really unique quirkiness about them um and you go through like a little map and um it's like a each kind of stage of a dungeon and you fight like an ice cream monster or a snowman who's got abs and in it you get a set of dice and then you get kind of cards so it's like you know this card does will do as many damage as your dice roll is so you roll to six so then you get and you can build up your deck and you get different moves and it's just it's really it's just really fun and it's like a perfect thing to have on the switch if you're just like on the sofa and you've got like youtube on in the background and the soundtrack is absolutely phenomenal it's by a chiptune artist based in ireland called Chipsell, and it's very very it's a kind of anamanaguchi sounding it's very 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 good <laughs> uh, i think i got it on sale for like a ridiculous price i mean like a couple of pounds at some point and i was like whoa um but it's just really, really fun, really cute, but it's really, really difficult. <laughs> I think I've only defeated like a couple of bosses um, because every time something will happen and there's different buffs and things in it. But it's, no, it's very, very fun. And I think it's like definitely something that should be in everybody's Switch library. Now, is it like uh, other roguelites where like there's static progression, like when you buy an upgrade do you get to keep the upgrade for all your future yeah. runs or okay uh, well not for if you die you you um have to go all the way from the beginning and you, mm-hmm. you get like a randomized basic thing but yeah you get upgrades where it's like so uh, uh if you have the basic guy who's just a warrior he's like the easiest character to be and you can do oh you roll a thing then you do that damage and then you upgrade it and it's like plus one damage or plus two damage or you get plus five shields so you can like upgrade all your things and be like super take down people really easily um and then you die and then you get annoyed and then you have to start all over again it's great <laughs> yeah that sounds like a roguelite <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> which i don't normally enjoy but uh i've gotten into dicey dungeons and hades so i guess i do like yeah. them there so yeah when they're done yeah, right where you feel like every time you play it there's something like you feel stronger not just because you got some persistent abilities but your skill is actually evolving as well yeah you've learned some on the way (laughs) i've definitely gotten better every time i've played it and there's like a cool halloween um bonus like i think it was originally dlc but the first one i got it was with it and it's just very cute and everything's all halloweeny themed and it's a slightly easier than the original one and i actually managed to like defeat the boss in that so i was like yeah i'm getting better (laughs) um but no it's really cute and it's just really I'm pretty sure you can get it quite cheap and it pops up in the sales a lot and it's 100% worth it. I didn't think I'd like it as much as I did, but it's it's great. Looking at the art style right now, it's really nice with the flat colours and everything. Yeah, it has like a storybook kind of like feel to it. Um, and the, some of the monsters you face are like really funny. There's like a witch and she's just like on her phone and she's like not paying attention to you. And it's just, <laughs> it's got a lot, it's just got a lot of character to it. I thought it was just really adorable. And I couldn't believe how much it was on sale for when I got it. Because I was like, whoa. It's just, I just really enjoy it. I actually hope that they do another one at some point. Because I would love that they kept the same idea, but did like a RPG. And just the battles from that were what the battles were in an RPG. Because I just, I quite like the wee weird world. It's like you're in a game show. <laughs> and they let you out <laughs> if you defeat it. But obviously they know it's a roguelite. So at the end of... Every, even when you do a boss, there's like a wheel that spins and he's like, oh, you're not getting out. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, no. Um, <laughs> but uh, I really hope that they do another one at some point or even add more to it as it is because it's just really, really lovely. And I have i don't even want to look at my hours for it on my Switch. It's probably quite ridiculous. 
Oh, I love looking at my hours on my Switch. I keep track of my games that I've gone over 100 hours on, and there's there's a pretty good list of them now. <laughs> yeah, I think Stardew Valley is my highest oh, one. Yeah. That's oh. too scary to look at. <laughs> there's no shame there. Stardew Valley is one of the best games on Switch. It definitely. Now, I'm probably the biggest roguelike player on the podcast. I, I, I'm always playing at least one, and I've played a bunch for us to the point where uh, Andy and Tori kind of make fun of me for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I played Hades. Yeah, I was going to say, did you ever finish Hades, Tori? I finished a run. Oh. And I haven't gone back to it. I really should, because I know there's more story. <laughs> but that that sold me on the genre. You got to finish n- 10 runs. 10? You got to finish 10 runs to uh, get the, uh, the ending, and then... Uh several dozen more after that if you actually want to finish all the story <laughs> i did not know that oh yeah. no <laughs> yeah. to be fair I've, I've started playing it on god mode because i was like mm. i want the story but i'm I'm, well, no. I'm not doing so great but actually it's not as it, you, you still have to be semi okay at it on god mode so i didn't know it was that many runs though that's oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's something it's a good thing i like the studio super giant games a lot but oh dear not to scare people away but hades actually is kind of the best place to start for these kind of games because oh. uh, hades is among the easiest ones i've ever played <laughs> oh, i thought it'd be something like binding of isaac i thought that's the go-to oh. that everyone suggests Binding of Isaac is incredible, and like in terms of the amount of content, it's like the biggest game out there, but you got to be a hardcore fan of roguelite-style games to get into it, because, again, the sheer amount of content in it, and you've got to solve the mysteries to unlock all that content, and and it's hard, and the more (laughs) you play, the harder it gets, so... I recommend Binding of Isaac if if you're intrigued by these kind of games, but you you got to prepare yourself for literally several hundred hours of content if you want to see everything, and you got to be good because it, <laughs> it's a hard hard game, but brilliant at the same time. But Dicey Dungeons I've seen on sale, pretty low price. Yep. many times but i i just still haven't bought it because i i have so many of these kinds of games that i i <laughs> yeah. haven't finished all of them so i i've kind of cut myself off from buying anymore until i i cut away my all the ones i've already bought and haven't touched <laughs> yeah but, no that's understandable but if you like you said if you like roguelites then i think you'd really like it so you'd probably be much better at it than i am <laughs> there is a lot of of overlap like skills yeah. and theories that work in one game tend to work in other games of this kind you just got to learn the specific nuances of each one as you go into it so i've also been playing a game called 80 days which is a, a text adventure based on the jules verne novel around the world in 80 days i play as passepartout who is the manservant basically uh it's set in the very late 1800s when when such a thing was normal i play the manservant to a character named phileas fogg who is a very rich english gentleman who doesn't have a job so he just goes to this adventurers club every day and makes ridiculous wagers with the other gentlemen who go to this adventurers club and the current wager he's on is can he travel around the world in less than 80 days and that's the game you play as this very put upon manservant who has to help phileas fogg circumnavigate the world in under 80 days and the other twist to it is there's a lot of steampunk elements to it so instead of horses and horse-drawn carriages you go into a carriage that's run by steam-powered automaton horses and there's a lot of airships <laughs> you can fly on as well cool. and yeah and there's cruisers that turn into submarines and it's just a lot of wacky technology that just really wasn't possible at that time but they've fully applied it into this setting uh, the main thing that i'm doing in the game is actually money management you start off with 
a certain amount withdrawn from Fog's fortune to do this expedition, and at every stop along the way, you can spend that money on items and bartering and travel. So I go to the marketplace, and I could buy certain set items. There's like a, a train set, and there's an urban traveler set, and if you have these, it'll actually make your life a little easier in certain settings or when you're on certain kinds of travel so you got to keep an eye out for these and collect them but you also have limited inventory space so there's a lot of item management there and another thing you can buy is valuable items so since you're traveling around the world i can buy an item in london that isn't worth much but if i carry it over to eastern europe it's worth a lot more there i can sell it there and that's how you kind of keep your your journey funded as you travel further and further and you're spending more and more of your money and as you travel between each location on the map you see little stories unfold and this is where it's all text-based there are a lot of images in the game but most of what you're seeing in the game is just reading these little paragraphs luckily it's very well written it's actually this game was included among the best novels of the year on a new york times list uh, wow. a number of years back yeah so it's actually pretty impressively written the main thing that i do in between while these stories are happening is i have to maintain fog's mood luckily he's actually pretty easy to keep happy you just gotta you you have to basically completely ignore him for his his heart meter to tank down from 100 down to zero. I honestly have no idea what happens if that happens. I assume he just gives up and the game just ends. But I I really had almost no trouble keeping it at 100 at all times just by constantly checking in with him, uh, pressing his coat or trimming his beard. You know, doing these weird <laughs> manservant things. <laughs> uh. My first expedition out was my failed expedition because <laughs> uh, lots of things happened. We, we tried to go to a, a city in Germany and we were hijacked by air pirates, uh, but they actually turned out to be really nice air pirates. And all they wanted was the engine in our carriage that we were in. They didn't actually care about any of our stuff. So like they were like, it's cool. We'll let you go. Uh, and then the captain took me aside and said, I actually have this item that I really need delivered to Istanbul. Can you deliver it for me? So I deliberately started steering our trip down towards Istanbul so I could turn in this item and get a pretty big cash reward for it, which I did. But I had to take some interesting routes to get there. So it wasn't a very direct path that slowed us down a lot. And then after that, I decided to join a Bedouin caravan crossing the desert. Very long trip. Uh, we wasted a lot of water. Uh, <laughs> like, literally, I think it was like two weeks to get to finish this route. It was a very bad idea. Uh, <laughs> but at the end of it, we arrived at this pyramid where this desert scientist, a woman, was very paranoid that I had been sent by a man named Mr. Edison probably a name you recognize, uh, shows me inside a machine. I'm going to be her guinea pig in her teleportation project. Uh, and it works. And we're transported from the Middle East up towards almost the northern tip of Russia. <laughs> so from there, I started pressing east again. But like the game was already lost at that point because I <laughs> wasted so much time. We were halfway across the Pacific Ocean. Uh, not even into the United States or South America yet, and we crossed the 80-day mark. I expected the game to end at that point. It actually didn't. Uh, I could keep going until I actually completed the expedition, and it just kept tracking it. I finally made it back to London on day 108, and <laughs> Fog went back to his club, and he was like, we failed. I'm ashamed. Then we went back home, and he, then he says, Passport 2 let's try again. <laughs> so <laughs> so we embark on our second expedition. And, you know, Fog is rich, so his money is actually bottomless. It's impossible to run out because he's that oh. kind of rich. Uh, second expedition, I was a lot more focused. I just took trains across Europe. I took the Orient Express across Europe. Then I took the Siber Trans-Siberian Railway across Russia, caught an airship over the Pacific Ocean, into the United States. There was actually a mutiny along the way that I had to lead because the captain decided to go to Hawaii. He's like, no, we're not going to Hawaii. We need to go to the United States. Uh, took the train across the United States, then took an airship across the Atlantic, 
uh, back to London. I made it on day 78. It was a super uneventful trip because I was being so focused on just these really direct routes. But I think that's where the game is better, is not worrying about making it back in under 80 days. Just going around to all the different locations you can go to. You can go down into Antarctica. You can go all over all the African, Asian, South American continents, even though that's not the most direct route. And there's even uh, bonus stories that have been released set in the North Pole now. So there's a lot to do if you want to look around, but... If you want to speed run the game too, on other platforms, there's an achievement to finish it in less than 40 days. I think Whoa. the world record for finishing it is 29 days. No idea how he did that, but that, <laughs> that's the experimentation you can do. I thought this was a wonderful game. I highly recommend it. And I think I got this on sale for $2 at some point. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, as I said, was called one of the best novels of the year by the New York Times. Uh, I loved it, and I highly recommend it. I've literally just added it to my wish list now. (laughs) You sold it to me. Nice. I'm good at that. I tend to sell Tori on things, and then Tori doesn't actually get around to playing them. (laughs) That's happened once. (laughs) That I remember. Well, fine. (laughs) It might have happened more than once. I don't even remember what game it was. I'm just, I'm just rambling. Uh, now Night Drive, Neo Cab, Neo Cab. That was it. Yeah, another narrative game, as it happens. But I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. So, uh, Tori, what are you going to play in the coming week? Uh, I just heard about this game Neo Cab that I thought I'd check out. <laughs> I think Andrew oh, yeah. recommended it to me. <laughs> Uh, it's in the notes there so you you can see that you didn't just remind me of it yeah it was there the whole time because i'm playing kingdom hearts which is a little bit more action oriented i like to play if i'm playing multiple games at once i like to play something that's a bit more mellow Mm -hmm. so i think it actually would be a good game to when i get annoyed at playstation 2 era (laughs) gameplay (laughs) I can just read. <laughs> well, NeoCab is super chill. It'll be, uh, no spoilers, but it'll be when you get to um, the Little Mermaid Atlantis level. I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm just gosh. A, I, I, I liked it, but um, I think that might be the bit where you go, I need a break. <laughs> That's how it was in the <laughs> first game. Warning. Uh, <laughs> wait till you see what they did. <laughs> oh, they, they did some renovations. Yes, on record, I I really liked it, uh, but it's uh, definitely not to everyone's taste. It's and it's it's, a new... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's where a lot of people went. Oh god! So like, just to warn you, that might be like your cut off of like, I need I need something else. I need I need a break. <laughs> this is a bit too twee for the Final Fantasy kids. <laughs> yeah. If you see the mental breakdown on Twitter, you'll know where I'm up to in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rosalie, what are you going to play yeah. in the coming week? Uh, well, I've got a Banjo-Kazooie file that yeah. I really need to finish. Um, mm-hmm. I, I decided, I was like, oh, I'm going to see if I can 100% it like I did a million times as a kid. Uh, and I'm in the Click Clock Wood. Is it, is that, yeah, that's how you say it. Oh, yeah. I just, I haven't, I love the save, having save states, oh my god, in Banjo-Kazooie is amazing. Really, really <laughs> like that. It makes it so much easier. Uh, but the fact I've decided to 100% it, I'm like, oh no. Uh, so I'm, I think I've, I'm missing some notes and I'm just like, oh, come on, come on, come on. I'm hoping they, by the time I do it, they, they're like, oh, two weeks coming out on it too. Uh, and then I can cry all over again to try and 100% that. Uh, and I also bought War's Mine on sale because it was like £2. Yeah. Which I was like, what? Uh, and I've started to play that, but it's a bit um obviously given the type of game it is it's like ooh, it's a bit a lot to ingest so banjo kazooie is a nice kind of like palate cleanser <laughs> yeah this war of mine is a heavy game especially in light of recent world events yes well that's why i got it because i thought oh I'll, I'll you know i'll get into the mindset maybe it's something i have to play and i'm like oh 
I think I already went I went into someone's house and there's like an old couple and I'm like, no, I don't want to steal from the old couple. <laughs> but I need to eat. And I'm like, okay, maybe I should wait and um, uh, finish some other things before I get in this properly. Uh, and I, I've also got uh, Skyward Sword to finish at some point, but I keep putting yeah. it off. I just hey, never got into that. No, I'm a huge. I love Zelda. Zelda's like my main thing that I love. I've got a huge Zelda shrine behind me right now, but Skyward Sword was always the one where I was like, eh. So I was like, Switch version. They don't have to put up with the motion controls anymore. <laughs> and then I got to the first dungeon, and I was like, this is just doesn't. There's just something about this that doesn't click like every other Zelda game that I really like. So I don't know what it is. I liked it on Wii. But the Nintendo Switch port, I just I wasn't excited when they announced it, and then the day it came out, I played it for a little while. I got to the first like proper area where there's the Bacoblins running around that you can actually fight, and I just saved yeah. and quit there, and I I just have never gone back to it. <laughs> I think I think Breath of the Wild might have ruined some of the other games in the series for me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I, there's something to Skyward Sword. Something about it just doesn't. I I don't know. There's I didn't like the Wii version because the I hate I hate motion controls. Mm. So um, I remember trying the first bit where you're flying, and I'm just like, go up, go down, <laughs> and then, you know where you have to like jump off the the edge and use your sail. I just for some reason I just couldn't do it, and I was just stuck there for ages. And I was just like, oh, I love Zelda. What's going on? Uh, but I'm going to force myself to play it, which doesn't sound very fun. But I'm hoping it's like a midway point where I'm like, oh, this is good, actually. I didn't get there. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> it doesn't bode well for me. <laughs> I, I got to the point where it starts asking to backtrack. Yeah. The three dungeons you've already completed, and it lost me. I just didn't have fun with that. Oh... What does it say that I'm the one who liked this game best of the three of us? <laughs> so what you're saying is that I should just play Ocarina of Time for the 500th time. <laughs> well, that's always a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then Majora's Mask for the 100th time. And then, uh, Master no, I need to, uh, Yeah, I know. I need to... This is the only Zelda, apart from, like, you know, the CDI ones, that I haven't finished. So I just... I need, I need to... I oh, you got to play the CDI <laughs> ones first. Otherwise, you won't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Essential to the continuity. <laughs> well, I'm going to be checking out the DLC for a game called Mighty Goose. It was one I played last year. It's a uh, a Metal Slug kind of arcade shooter inspired game, but you play as a goose, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> and also I have physical versions of Zombie Army 4 Dead War and Record of Lodos War Deedlit in Wonder Labyrinth coming uh, if I have time, I'll play one of those and talk about it next week, too. It's actually worth bringing up as well that um, Nintendo Switch Sports is out this week. Yeah, yeah. So Andy may be joining us next week because uh, he was super hot to play that. We'll find out. Uh, it's all kind of up in the air right now with uh, events going on in Andy's life. But I'll, we'll play it by ear. Thanks for listening to this episode of Enfocus. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Also make sure to check out our sister shows, PlayState for PlayStation, and Power of X for Xbox. Be sure to join our Discord server. You can interact with the lively GamePodular community. You can also follow us on Twitter, YouTube, and at GamePodular.com for updates, news, and other content. You can find the links for all of these in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a GamePodular Patreon. The details for both of these are also on our website. Thank you. This episode was edited by Andrew. You can follow him at PlayCritically on Twitter and check out his long form reviews at playcritically.com, myself at stew2stwtwo on Twitter, or toristw on twitch.tv. You can also follow Rosalie, our guest today, at lilrecordgirl on Twitter. That's L-I-L record girl.
I was like, yeah, I'm getting better. 